Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. This is Tony's Game Lounge, a weekly podcast that covers news throughout the gaming industry and a variety of topics. Here's your host for the show, Tony Erickson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, as always, Tony Erickson, and joining me this week, we have the return of the Flats. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is the fourth annual sports episode, and I am joined by the one, the only, John Flatters. Just thrilled to be back, Tony. I love these episodes, and I love talking sports, and I love talking a little bit of shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Welcome back, John. It has been far too long since we last spoke. It has. I'm trying to think when when was uh, was it springtime a year and a half ago or was I'm trying to think of when the, uh, we the had last... you on uh, season three, which would have been last year around the spring, early uh, early year. So like early spring, early summer. Yeah, was, I think it was around then when we had you last on. So I was still living up in northern northern British Columbia. You were probably still recording in the uh, probably still recording in the on the snowball and with the the clothes on on your shoulders. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that a boy. <laughs> yes, very much so. A lot has changed in the year, um, and uh, you know, I'm just ex- I'm excited to have you back. I'm excited to do the sports episode once again. Uh, again, and like every other sports episode, it's different than the last one and how we formatted it, uh, because we can never really stick with one format for this, uh, special episode that we do, or I try to do at least, at least once a year, if not twice a year for the two seasons that we have in a year. Well, it's fitting that you're, you know, you always change the format because when we get into the the meat and potatoes of this one, the, it's all about changing format, changing regulations. So yes. I love it. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but to kick things off, we are, of course, starting with our headline of the week, as this still is a video game podcast at its core. We do have a bunch of video game news to get through. And uh, big one this week, D&D, Dungeons & Dragons, had a direct announcing a bunch of new things coming to 5th edition, uh, starting with its Caribbean and Dia de Muertos-inspired ad- ad- adventures, uh, part of the new Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel. Those are what the books are titled, and those are coming June 21st, which is super cool. We also got confirmation of the new price point for the starter set, the new starter set, Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. It's going to be priced at $19.99 US dollars, which is probably like 30 Canadian when you get a starter set like if I get a starter set do you also need one or if one friend has the starter set then you can just launch right off if one person has a starter set you're relatively good what the other person what other people should get then is just a set of dice as the starter set only comes with one set of dice okay Uh, but the starter set Dragons of Stormwreck Isle comes with a little small little campaign book a Dungeons Master screen. Um, I believe it comes with a hand. No, it doesn't come with a handbook. What else does it come with? It comes with one set of blue dice. And it comes with pre-made character sheets. 
That's what it comes with. So that so you if for if a bunch of new people want to play, it comes with character sheets, so you don't have to like have all the pressure and stress of building a character for your first time playing. You can just use one of the pre-mates that it comes nice. with it. Which is actually how I got into D&D as my, one of my friends bought the starter set and I played the rogue from uh, that said set. So it was very nice, very cool. Kind of an easy way to kind of ease into it? A very, very easy way to ease into it, yes. Especially if you have interest, a... Right? Yeah. Especially if you have a dungeon master who knows what they're doing and has played before. It's a great way for them to bring in new people to the game. Yeah. Uh, they also announced some new campaign cases. Uh, these are mostly to help amplify your physical campaigns, which, you know, in person, in person events with D and D are going to happen pretty soon again. Uh, so they they're going to release a creature and a terrain case. One of them, the creature case, will be if he has like over a hundred plus tokens of just various monsters and creatures. And the other will have a bunch of map tiles in various different forms. And both of those will be releasing on July 19th with pre-orders out now. And I think I might pick up both of those because it's just nice to have a lot of tokens and some map boards, <laughs> especially as a dungeon master. Super quick question. And you, you just made me think of it, but has D and D kind of like taken a pause during COVID? Like I, I guess with, less people getting together or being allowed to get together like is hardly there a enough digital way or how how's the, the that going? there is a huge digital presence that dnd has specifically with roll 20 that's the bit it's not i don't believe it's like first well it's beforehand it wasn't like first party but like it was essentially the way to play dnd with your friends like to like still have that like physical experience uh, as you could upload like a bunch of maps and a bunch of a, a lot of stuff essentially to it to just do D and D as if you guys were all on uh, at, at a, t a giant table playing together. Okay. That's pretty, but cool. it's essentially so was... like the main digital way to play. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, we then got the return of two big things starting off with dragon Lance shadow of the dragon queen that's set for 20 late 2022 dragon Lance was part of, I believe the first D&D, D&D First Edition, uh, with like a series of books that were then turned into a part of the campaign, or it was part of the campaigns, and then turned into books. But that's returning. Uh, it was introduced by TSR back in the 80s. That's how old this is. It is coming back. That's when I lived. That's when I was born. <laughs> and then the second one we have comes from Second Edition, which is Spelljammer adventures in space that comes out august 16th you can pre-order now uh and it, and it comes with three books um i can't remember i was talking to another good friend of ours sean marks who's been on the podcast before as well as he's huge into D D. yeah and uh from what i remember like one of them is like your campaign book one of them is a book of, I believe, like the new monsters, the new races, kind of like essentially the new guidebook. And then I believe the third, I can't remember what the third book is, but three books. Uh, I believe the price for it is $69.99 US for all three as nice. like a pack. So it looks cool. I like the fact that it's, it's basically D&D &D in space uh, yeah. with the fantasy parts that you know, there's just some new races and other things as well which is super exciting. 
I am definitely excited for Spelljammer out of all of these. And that's the headline of the week and also all of the tabletop slash board game news of the week. Uh, to take a look at what else happened this past week in both video games and sports, uh, let's dive into the week in review. Covering news from the world of video games, TCG, and board games, this is the Week in Review. And to kick it off, uh, some of the game releases that came out this past week. Star Wars The Force Unleashed came out for the Switch. Now, this is the Wii version of the game. It's now put, been ported to the Switch, so I believe you can use your Joy-Cons and swing the lightsaber like you could in the Wii version. Hey, I still have a Wii. Why don't I get the uh, Star Wars The Force on Wii? <laughs> I mean, you totally can still. That's funny. Uh, but I'll now it's to, a, a great way for... <laughs> it's a great way for people to play this classic Star Wars game that sadly isn't canon anymore. Um, but it's a great way for people to experience this phenomenal game uh, put out by the, the pe- by uh, LucasArts. Uh, we also had Anucard and Godlike Burger come out as well. In the world of gaming news, starting off with some Warzone news, Call of Duty Warzone, they're getting Godzilla and King Kong in their latest crossover event called Operation Monarch. That's we crazy. Don't, we don't know much about it other than King Kong and Godzilla are going to be on the island that you're fighting on. I don't know what they're going to do, but it's definitely going to be interesting to say the least. Man, these, I remember when like, what was the first one that was the massive online free one that uh, kids were playing and then they got rid of, oh my God, I'm dating myself. Fortnite was like kind of like the the first big one with, um, you know, the massive online, everybody's shooting it against each other. And then it became... Call of Duty kind of mimicked it, and now they're just yeah. taking off with it. And like, yeah, Battle Royale, King that's... Kong, and yeah, this is crazy. I remember when they had bouncing Bettys and like old rusty firearms. <laughs> now it's like, yeah, you're gonna do a space jump, and then there's gonna be a King Kong on the island you land on. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> you crazy kids. <laughs> um, in release date news, uh, starting with the bigger one, Digimon Survive which has been in development for a good while now, like a, lo- a long couple of years. People have been waiting for a release date. It finally has a release date. Digimon Survive is set to release this year on July 29th, as well as Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which was announced to come out sometime in September, I believe. Well, that got pushed ahead of schedule for some reason, and now that's coming out July 29th as well. So two big JRPGs coming out July 29th. Mark it on your calendars. Um, We also got a new trailer for Saints Row, the brand new Saints Row reboot that's coming out this fall, August 23rd to be specific. They showed off their character customization, which has a bunch of new features like asymmetrical face customization. So now you can essentially you can create two face if you wanted to. Nice. Uh, We also got major overhauls for essentially everything involving your character creator, as well as car customization getting overhauled. Um, 
gun customization getting more options than it did in the other games as well. You can all they also showed off uh hoverboards, like proper hoverboards from like Back to the Future, that type of style hoverboard. And you can add ejector seats to any of your vehicles, which I think is hilarious. Do you ever realize that like or catch yourself in like the customization screen for a good hour, hour and a half? And you're like, what am I doing? Like, this isn't supposed to be the game. The game is like moving this character, but you end up just spending an hour picking the color or changing it up or being like, I'm going to make a new theme. Yeah, I I tend to like I, I find myself whenever I start like a new like Fallout or Skyrim playthrough. Yeah, I'm usually on there for like an hour to design my character. It's kind of crazy. Uh, we got some VR news, two VR stories here. First, Ghostbusters. They're getting a new v- getting a VR game for the MetaQuest 2. And second, Resident Evil 4 VR has received a new free update called Mercenaries Mode, allowing you to play as a couple of classic characters to unlock uh, new skins to use in the single player. And is that MetaQuest? Is that the new like Oculus Rift, or did they buy out that Oculus? Yeah, Rift? so How Oculus was bought out by um, Meta now, but Facebook before, but now Meta. They were bought out. They uh, the Oculus essentially, I think it was called the Oculus Quest or like the beforehand, but oh, now so it's just like Meta. The, the merge name. Yeah, essentially. Okay. Yeah, it was. It's kind of just like an update because of the whole meta change. Yeah, conspiracy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got some Sega and Sonic news. Starting off, Sonic Origins, which consists of Sonic the Hedgehog One, Sonic the Hedgehog Two, Sonic the Hedgehog Three and Knuckles, and Sonic CD. Well, that has a release date now set for June 23rd. Uh, the game, of course, will feature all of those classic games in their entirety, as well as some remix modes to do like uh, special things. Where you can play as Tails in Sonic 1. You can play as Knuckles in Sonic 1. You can do a bunch of different things and just play as uh, and just mess around in the classic Sonic games that defined Sonic back in the, the 90s. Yeah, you want to talk about games that defined you. Going to Costco with my parents would they drop me off at the video game section and I would play Sonic on the little Sega Genesis or whatever they had. You know, remember when they let you play the video game in the Costco or like in the video game store? In I the video game stores. Yeah. Like back in like a Zellers. Yes. Yeah. So that would be my thing. They'd go and an hour would pass. Who knows how long would pass? And I would just crush Sonic. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm definitely into that. I remember Sonic and I had it on Game Gear too. So there. Nice. Um, And as for some Sega news, Sega is developing a big budget Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio reboot, according to reports. So we could see the revival of those two games, which would be really dope. Jet Set Radio, what's that about? So Jet Set Radio was a game where you would go area to area, essentially like spray painting to claim some turf. Uh, evading police and whatnot and um it had this really sick soundtrack okay yeah Uh, i i really can't do it enough justice uh describing it because i really i haven't played it myself unlike a lot of the other games here but 
definitely check it out if you're interested. And yeah, it's possibly getting a reboot, which a lot of people I know would be super excited for. Uh, we also uh, got a movie, two movie announcements. First, Streets of Rage is being turned into a movie thanks to the creator of the John Wick series. Sick. And second, we have reports on the Minecraft movie that Jason Momoa will be starring in it. Aquaman himself? Aquaman himself possibly could become Minecraft Steve. Um, So that'll be interesting to see uh, when we eventually get that. Uh, We also got some Netflix news on here. Uh, Exploding Kittens, the popular board game or card game, I guess. That's getting a Netflix series and a game. So as part of, uh, if you guys know, on mobile Netflix, it has a games section. Well, uh, essentially, they're just putting Exploding Kittens, the same classic card game, onto their uh, mobile app. Which, you know what? That's pretty good. Exploding Kittens, it's a fun game, and they're not doing much to change it. They're just adding two new types of cards to the deck. And honestly, it's actually probably the best move Netflix has made this entire week. Because they've made yeah. a lot of bad ones this they've week. They've been struggling, as, yeah. They're struggling I, hard. I keep seeing these headlines like they lost 55 billion or million or however many are subscribers. And I'm like, geez, I thought yeah, they were Yeah, they're cracking right- down on like people sharing passwords and whatnot. But it's like you, you can't crack down on that Heart, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose a lot of customers. You're gonna lose a lot of that, and now they're also implementing ads soon. Oh yeah, that's not what I'm. That's not what I like Netflix for. Yeah, that's there. I I think that Netflix, if they don't change their things and if they don't get better originals as well, because that's been another thing of why people they they haven't had a good original series in a while. Yeah. Although I'll tell you that exploding kitten game is fun. There's nothing better than slapping down a nope and then having someone slap down a nope right back to you and you just go, yes. nope, nope, nope. Oh, it's, yeah, it's just a good. cycle of hate. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no more heroes three, formerly the switch exclusive game. It's finally coming to other platforms in the fall. However, uh, there's no sign on if No More Heroes 1 and 2 will get the same treatment as No More Heroes 1 and 2 were recently, before 3's release, were put onto the Switch. No sign if those two, if No More Heroes 1 and 2 will also get moved before coming to the other consoles as well. In some World of Warcraft news, Wrath of the Lich King is now getting added to World of Warcraft Classic which is uh, the classic version of WoW, just different servers, essentially. So now the Wrath of the Lich King is getting added to those official servers. Baldur's Gate 3 has a new release window confirmed for 2023. Halo Infinite Season 2 showed off some new modes coming to the multiplayer. Land Grab, King of the Hill, and Last Spartan Standing, which is their new Battle Royale mode, all of those will come on May 3rd when Season 2 of Halo Infinite's multiplayer kicks off. Will it be enough to save the game? I don't know. We talked about it a lot last week. You can listen to that uh, by checking out the Spotify link. But hard to say if that'll be enough for Halo Infinite to save itself. It's been around a long time. <laughs> it's been around a long time. Yeah. Lost Ark is adding a new continent to the game, as well as adding a battle pass. 
uh, which is a first for like an MMO uh, that doesn't really have a lot. Of, you see, I don't know what Lost Ark really has. Honestly, I've never touched it. I haven't touched it yet. Uh, but it's getting a battle pass for the free to play game. So if that if you're into it, cool. If not, hey, each their own. House of the Dead, the remake that came out for the Switch on April 7th. Well, that's coming to PC next week. Uh, which is quite a surprise, as a lot of people thought it would just stay as a Switch exclusive. But no, it's going to be coming out on Steam. Uh, so look forward to that if you don't have a Switch. Telltale announced that there's going to be a new Tales from the Borderlands coming out this year, which is super exciting for Borderlands fans. That's essentially two Borderlands games in a year, which does not happen. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online, they added three new Genesis games to their Genesis Online part, as you can play classic Genesis games on the Switch. Uh, Shining Force 2, Sonic Spinball, and Space Harrier 2 are all getting added into the lineup. And lastly, in a another surprise drop for a release date, Splatoon 3 has a release date of September 9th. And that's everything in video game news. Moving on to sports news. Uh, starting off with some sports video game news. NFL Pro Era was shown off. It launches this fall for Quest, the, the Meta Quest, and PlayStation VR. And this is also like a football game not being done by EA Sports. Yeah, and you can kind of tell like it's it's groundbreaking in it and i watched the little uh you know teaser video and it looks cool and boy did they do a good job of that but i feel like it's gonna be a tough thing to make first person football like virtual reality with all the inputs that can go into it it's gonna probably run like a little slow i bet but it's cool cool idea and like the whole basis of the ad is like you want to be an nfl quarterback go ahead here you go like the balls in your hands, it's pretty cool and it gets you jacked up. So I'm excited to see how it turns out. I mean, everything's going to, you know, advance really quickly, but I bet you this, the first one, the complaints will be, it's a little laggy, a little slow, like, but it's a cool idea. It's, it's definitely a cool idea. I definitely want to see more of this. Our second video game sports story, F1 22, that launches on July 1st. I was looking at all like the online comments and people are just like, oh man, these poor guys at Codebreakers that they they keep adding these new tracks. And so you have to go completely back to the drawing board and like completely build a new track. And it has, hasn't even been raced on and like they have to put it into the video game. And, and yeah. then all the cars, the change uh, changing regulations on the cars. So boy, that's a lot of work to do. Yes, absolutely. But you know what? F F one twenty one was a phenomenal game. I heard. Oh, I heard yeah. it was a really. They did a really good job with that game, and also made it feel like you were living um, in like an ep in like a season of Drive to Survive. Right. Uh, which we'll be talking about a bit a little bit later on in this oh, yeah. podcast. Um, some more sports stories. Uh, Scott Smith is poised to take over the head of Hockey Canada from Tom Rennie, who's retiring. This is will be a this will be effective July first. Now, hopefully, because I know you know in the last however long Tom Rennie's been there, Canada's done amazingly well. Hockey uh, Hockey Canada has, especially the women. But I do think I've like there's been four, five, six tournaments that they've 
especially, you know, they used COVID as a, an excuse, but they canceled tournaments in like Halifax, Dawson Creek, um, Prince Albert, and then they centralized them to, you know, Winsport or Calgary or, you know, somewhere easy to fly to. And I've been a little bit miffed at Hockey Canada, taking away all these tournaments from small towns. And so hopefully, who knows, hopefully that'll be a, a big thing as they come back is, is trying to make it bring tournaments back to small communities that are creating the players that they are, you know, putting the jersey on and, and uh, celebrating their achievements. I feel like it's gotten a little too professional and it's forgotten. It's it's amateur and it's about love of the game. And and uh, so hopefully, who knows, hopefully that'll be a, a step that they take. But boy, it, it was hard to watch for these young athletes getting their, their tournaments canceled and moved away from, you know, their hometown crowds and you know, all the small town supporters. There's my yeah. rant. <laughs> There's my <laughs> rant for the day. <laughs> yes, definitely. That's, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Like the, the grassroots that a lot of the players come from, it's de- it would definitely be good to see them go back to these the small towns and get, get and just do, do them again. And, you know, when you watch like a, a World Juniors, it's always at an NHL location. It's always, you know, it feels like another NHL broadcast back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they used to go to these small, you know, Switzerland or, or Germany or, um, you know, small town, uh, Russia before that was, you know, a big thing. And it was a lot more fun to see these different cultures, these different hockey cultures, you know, and they all had great hockey and it was great fun to watch. And, but it was just now it seems like it's the same thing as an NHL broadcast and over and over and over. So yeah, that's my, there, there's my, there's my rant. All righty. Uh, some MLB news. The San Diego Padres have become the first team to announce a deal for ads on their uniforms. Uh, patches with a Motorola logo will be worn on their right sleeve of their jerseys. Get money, get paid. I used to think, that was a bad thing, but hey, get money, get paid. I mean, the CFL does this with the CFL. You can see it like on all the jerseys, all the different logos that they have on there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, first uh, for for MLB, this is, that's pretty big because you don't really see that with them, like a lot of the American, the major leagues. They've pushed back very hard, and I think you know, just look across the pond. Any European hockey team, it's an absolute. You know, it looks like a NASCAR uniform or a car. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you can get if you can get paid, and if they want your you know their logo on you, then I say why not? Uh, the New York Mets they unveiled a long-awaited statue of legendary pitcher Tom Seaver on Friday by the entrance to City Field. It was a nice move. And he's yeah, the statue is in his uh, iconic uh, pitching pose. Nice. Uh, in some golf news, Jordan Spieth took his 13th PGA Tour victory after winning the RBC Heritage. That was uh, last weekend when we were recording this, April 14th to 17th, when that happened. Man, that sport, you can go from like off the map to like a major champion and then disappear a weekend later. And then somebody who's been, you know, struggling just jumps up. Yeah, that's that's how golf is. Uh, quick thing on golf, actually. Uh, what were your thoughts on Tiger making his first return after you know, the crash? I because on the one hand, as an athlete, that's an amazing accomplishment, and that's you know it does uh, deserve some appreciation. But then, unfortunately, because there's 
700 you know sports channels and 365 days a year and 24 hours a day to cover so they have to find narratives and boy do they beat that one to death like oh and here's tiger and you know he's such such a brave person for getting up on the t-box it's like this is what he wants to do like it's not he's just getting himself to and yeah it was an accomplishment but like let him play all the other cool storylines that are going on and they're like and there's tiger again and you can just wonder i mean oh, oh boy he's probably in pain it's like yeah he's also like closing in on 50 55 he's been walking golf courses his entire life like you know let him let him enjoy it and let him compete yeah but yeah but for sure i mean very very big accomplishment when if you were looking at prosthetics a year ago and then you're competing in a you know the biggest tournament that's an accomplishment mm. yeah Definitely. Uh, and lastly, some sad news. NHL legend Guy Lafleur, he has passed away at age 70. Uh, he won five Stanley Cups, played 17 seasons, was known as the Flower, uh, mostly played for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, he was a legend. Boy, that's um, that's tough. I mean, when you think about Montreal and, you know, everybody in the, in the crowd in, the, in that time, getting dressed up to the nines like it wasn't what you see now where people wear team jerseys and you know hoodies like people would wear their fanciest fur coats you know their top (laughs) hats like their fans their number ones to go to the rink because you know players like Lafleur and and all these guys would be Richard would be playing and it was that was like the class of the class of hockey was was Montreal during that time and and he was a big part of that so Yes, he absolutely was. Um, those are some of the sports stories that uh, we're covering this week. Uh, in the world of TCG, for Pokemon, Pokemon Go, uh, starting with that, they're having some TCG sets released in the summer of this year. Starting July 1st, there's going to be, I think, like 10 or more different waves of Pokemon Go cards to look out for, so look out for those. As for their next proper set, Astral Radiance will be coming out May 27th. And also in the Pokemon TCG news, the Pokemon company has announced that it will be acquiring the Millennium Print Group, which is the manufacturer that has been printing the Pokemon trading card game since 2015. Just instead of cut cut the middleman out, eh? Yeah, they're just buying, which which is a big move. I mean, I think Pokemon has the money. They are one of the richest companies out there. Uh, like top 10, I believe, is what they're oh, in. I believe it. Uh, so for them just doing this, is, it's, I, think, I think by doing this, they can do a lot more. And it's definitely going to be interesting to see what the, exactly it is that they do. Like more special releases because you can possibly. Cut, yeah, that would be cool. If you own the printing company, it doesn't have to be like, oh, well, we can only print you know, we have to print a thousand for to even make sense. You could just be like, no, we're going to cut 25 out and throw them out there. And if you get them, you get them. Exactly. In the world of Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, it, starting with some Master Duel news. First off, uh, if you played in the Synchro Festival, that has now officially ended on the 21st. Uh, be sure to claim any rewards that you might have not claimed yet from that event if you have not claimed the ones that you have as you have limited time on those. Uh, We do not have word on what the next Master Duel event is, but uh, we may see that come out next month possibly as we are getting close to the new season in May. 
Uh, as for the TCG sets, Tactical Masters comes out June 10th. The Legendary Duelist Season 3 Collectible Dice on June 24th. And Power of the Elements on August 5th. And in Magic the Gathering, the Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate, that crossover with D&D set arrives in June. And that is your week in review. Any other things you want to add on anything that we talked about in this segment, John? So far, I think we're good to go. Alrighty. With that, then, it's time to look ahead into next week to figure out what should be on your radar from April 25th to 29th. From AAA titles to upcoming indies and random shovelware, here's what's coming out next week that should be on your radar. Uh, starting off, no game releases on the Monday, but on Tuesday, Zombie Army 4 Dead War comes to the Switch. Dune Spice Wars comes to the PC in early access. The Serpent Rogue comes to the PC, PS5, Series X, and Switch. The On Wednesday, the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe comes out on everything. Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt comes to the PS5 and PC. MLB The Show 22 gets its Switch release. On Thursday, Bugsnacks comes to the PS... The X... The X... The Series X, the Xbox One, and the Switch. Dorf Romantic comes to the PC. Rogue Legacy 2 comes to the Series X, Xbox One, and PC. Unsold comes to the Series X, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Kaiju Wars comes to the PC, as well as Capital Sparks of Revolution and Trigon Space Story. And lastly, on Friday, Nintendo Switch Sports comes to the Nintendo Switch. And I am very excited for Switch Sports as it is the return of everybody's favorite Wii Sports franchise. Oh, dirty. Okay, there we go. We are getting, of course, our three returning games and three brand new games. Uh, bowling, of course, the big one. Everyone loves bowling. It's back. It's better than ever. It's returning, which is awesome. We also have tennis returning from the original game. And we have uh, sword fighting from Wii Sports Resort, now called Chambara, uh, coming back as well. And the three new sports are soccer, badminton, and volleyball. That's very interesting. I'm into that. And also, that we were, we know that we're getting two updates for the game later in the year. Uh, in the summertime, we're going to get full leg strap accessibility with the first summer update where you can play soccer with the leg strap accessory that comes with the physical copy of the game or if you have one lying around from if you own Ring Fit Adventure. You can basically kick the ball like you're kicking the, the soccer ball <laughs> with your legs, which is kind of crazy. And of course, in the fall update... They are adding golf to the game. What, what do they call golf? Like a, a good walk spoiled? <laughs> you're just getting yes. rid of the walk and you're just you're just spoiling your day. Essentially. Couple, couple good hits. You're like, oh, I'm pretty good at this game. And then one garbage hit and you're like, this is stupid. Why do but I yeah, do um, <laughs> that's coming out next week. I'm excited for that. I won't be getting the physical copy. I'm probably going to get the digital copy. Uh, be, just because I already have a leg strap accessory, so I don't need the I don't need the physical copy to play it. But uh, it's 
This is like a game that's going to go on like everybody's Nintendo Switch library, I feel. Now, for the uneducated or undereducated, what's the difference between a digital copy and a physical? Like, do you get more features or is it just... No, the digi- it's just uh, the physical copy is the cartridge. You just you insert it into the Switch to play it. While the and digital copy the, is you, you, down- it. you download it and you can play it without inserting a cartridge. But same, like, it doesn't same game. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What do most people do? Are they getting rid of their physical copies now and just saying, hey, if I got it depends box? on the it depends on the person. I'm one. Yeah. I'm for one who are like, yes, I for my Switch specifically. I I prefer to get the physical copy of the games just because I don't have a proper SD card for my Switch, so I don't have as much like save data oh, spots. Oh, okay, yeah. So I prefer the physical copy because it doesn't take up a lot. Yeah, but for like games like this, like Nintendo Switch Sports is not going to be a big download. So, I, I I'm fine getting like the digital copy of this one, and I do that when I'm like when I know I'm not going to play a lot, or not that I'm not going to play a lot. That I know it's like just going to like be sitting around for a while. Right. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, definitely excited. Uh, definitely a game to keep the eye out for, and that of course is what should be on your radar it's now time for us to move on to our main focus this week in the game lounge and just talk about some sports covering a variety of topics with his weekly guests here's what's going down this week in the game lounge oh baby um and to start off our first topic we talked about this i think it was two sports episodes ago when we talked about now, F- yeah. uh but we're talking once again f1 drive to survive what a show what an unreal show and i can't imagine that anybody in f1 is like man that was a mistake you know spending all that time and giving those guys all that uh content because they've ab- they i'm gonna look at up i have to tell somebody one day and actually have the stats but i swear <laughs> it's like it's like a three times um viewership in north america for sure and for the longest time that was the problem with f1 is that nobody in north america gave a shit because it was only mostly raced in europe uh asia and like the middle east so nobody in north america ever got to see it nobody really cared now they've got it on you know i i as a hockey player they used to have 24 seven, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs road to the outdoor classic or whatever. And it would kind of be that, and it would be a little taste of day-to-day life as a pro hockey player or, and so what this Netflix show has done is here's a taste of life in F1, which for most North Americans, nobody knew a thing about. And they did such a goddamn good job with the production, with the camera stuff. I mean, F1 itself has got, got to be one of the, most intricately and intensely produced uh, broadcasts in sports. Um, anyways, so they they have all this top quality video. They have all this top quality content. They've got all this drama. So for the and you know for the person who's not a sports fan and they kind of like reality TV and you know drama and v- vendettas and it, it gives you that fix comments. Too. It gives you that fix too. So there's so many elements to F1 that. You know, as an athlete, you can respect the athletics and the, you know, the, the razor thin margins that these guys are competing on. And what's made the sport better year after year 
is I think the first year that the the show was out, it was like the second last year for Mercedes run. So everybody was like kind of tired of Mercedes winning every year. Lewis Hamilton was just insanely better than everybody else and their car was better. So it kind of was at a point where people were losing interest in F1. So two years of more of, uh, of Lewis Hamilton being the champion. And then it picked up in season three, I think it was, or four. Season four was following uh, Max Verstappen with Red Bull as he was finally, somebody was giving, you know, this Mercedes powerhouse uh, a little bit of a scare. So you follow it through the whole season live. And then, of course, you know, this, the, the Netflix documentary comes out six months later. And yeah. <laughs> for those who don't know, it was one of the most drama filled final, you know, 10 races of the season because Red Bull and Mercedes were literally like cat and mouse, like going wow. for the jugular, like they were touching cars in the pit lane and like flexing wings and being like, that's illegal. People were getting fined for doing that. You had, you know, close shaves where one car got very obviously pushed off the track by another and guys are saying that's race that's race driving so it got very heated towards the end of the season and it it literally blew up in the final race the final lap of the race after a couple of weird crashes and restarts and Hamilton pulling ahead and then Max pulling ahead and then crash happens and they all have to realign and so there was just insane drama to the final episode and the final uh race of the season obviously max verstappen wins red bull gets the the driver champion or the racer championship but uh mercedes wins the the constructors which is for the company that builds the car so so then you think okay everything is completely wiped clean because now there's a new uh car regulations so the cars look very different from the car the year before and then what's cool about that, everybody's so new to the new regulations that the so-called powerhouses spent all of their time worried about last year's car, that people who maybe gave up on their car last year and, and decided to upgrade and plan for this year, they're taking over. So Red Bull, Mer uh, Mercedes were, you know, by far and away better than everybody else. Ferrari this year is insanely better than everybody else and so many teams that you thought would be terrible are doing well so many teams that you thought would be doing well like mercedes they're like the the sixth ranked team in wow. out of 10 right now so if you want you know i i'm a guy that loves a lot of turnover and a lot of like i hated the seven year run that that lewis and mercedes were on just because it takes a little bit of the fun out of, hey, who do you think is going to win? Well, you know it's going to be Lewis and you know it's going to be Mercedes. And uh, now you've got, it looks like we're going to see a race for uh, another first-time world champion in, in Charles Leclerc from, from I think he's Monaco. What a, what, a, what a tough place to grow up, Monaco. <laughs> Anyways, so he's, <laughs> he's driving just amazing for Ferrari. And then the other final thing that I think is so cool is, all the cars look so, I mean, they're F1 cars. They look very similar. But when you really look at them in detail, every company has such a different idea and a different motivation and, and what they think is going to get their car fastest. And uh, and then obviously, the cut, like all their cool uh, paint color designs are always so sick. So it's just, it's very pleasing to the eye, this F1 sport, for sure. Yes. 
Uh, you brought up the change of regulations. What are these new regulations? So they've made the cars. It's the whole point was that in the previous regulations, they didn't follow very closely. The cars couldn't follow each other closely because there was this dirty air. So basically, you know, a car is going so fast, it's shooting, you know, air, dirty air all out, out and yeah. up and around. And so the guy coming in behind is basically driving in like a, you know, when you feel that plane, when it like the plane isn't going up, it isn't going down, your stomach's just kind of going up into your throat. Like it's yeah. that feeling. Uh, so they've, they've tried to fix that by covering up the tires a little bit, um, making the cars a little bit lower to the ground. So there's all those. And then, I mean, there's t 10 or 20 or 30. They've made the back uh, wing kind of more rounded shape instead of a flat, ugly design. So it's kind of it's kind of cool in that they started with here's the base of what your car should look like. And they had such a cool paint job with like the reflective hologram design. But then when testing day comes, every car looks very different. And you're like, what the hell? Like, how is this allowed? But that's it's there all of their engineers and their designers creative ways to solve problems. And so that that part, like if you're if you're smart, which I sure am not, <laughs> the, the engineering side of it has got to be just absolutely mind boggling and, and very interesting. So there's there's literally something for everybody in F1. Yeah, definitely. Now, and aside from the big rivalry from uh, that Red Bull had with um, Mercedes, what other what what have some other big things that have happened in F one? So, oh man, let me just think now. I think for the most part, a lot of the teams stayed the same, with the exception of um, Haas, H-A-A-S. It's this small American, like they'd be like the, the budget American team in F1. <laughs> um, okay. But then the year before, they had a Russian driver um, become their driver. And then the, the kid's dad was a, you know bajillionaire oil tycoon or, or fertilizer tycoon in Russia. So he brought his, you know, funding and, and sponsorship dollars. Uh, obviously the war starts and then they decide to, I forget how they described it. Like they, they removed his license so that the Russian driver couldn't drive. Then they removed the sponsorship, but that's obviously like hundreds of millions of dollars that they are. Yeah. And that's the one company that like, their survival basically depended on that company's, you know, huge, huge backing financially. So that's been really challenging for the team. They've had to find a new driver in uh, Kevin Magnuson, and then they've had to kind of do damage control and, and continue racing with, uh, you know, all that distraction. And oddly enough, they're one of the biggest surprises this season in terms of, uh, I think in the, the recent sprint, they got one of their first points as a team last weekend. They had a sprint guy, uh, a guy finish about fourth, fourth or fifth in the sprint. So they're one of the biggest surprises is that uh, Haas team. Wow. That's that's definitely interesting. Oh, yeah. World news and, and sport and, again, reality TV and, you know, the, the kind of, if you want to call it like the woke mob kind of thing. Like it was very odd the way people thought that this young driver – you know, he's a, he's a born in Russia. He's a competitive athlete. I don't think he's making any of the big decisions, you know, at the big tables in Russia, but yeah. the way, you know, the way that 
reactionary kind of force and it kind of gained momentum. And so, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not for the war or anything like that, but I think it's really, it's unfortunate for a young athlete that he kind of got dragged into and and made a villain uh, uh, just because of where he's born. It's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, it kind of is. Moving on to one of the more recent events. And by recent, I mean tomorrow. Day of recording this tomorrow is the Emilia Romagna G Grand Prix. And it's probably 16 other words before in between. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Emilia Romagna de Elilio, like de, de, de la Lana, like of this, of that. But what a it's a it's a big, big race on the calendar. It's uh yeah. Imola is basically they call it Imola is the racetrack. And um Obviously, anytime I'm almost a thousand percent sure it's Italy because anytime you go to Italy, it's team Ferrari. Like they, they're the supporters come out of the woodwork. It's like red all the way down the track and flags with the the Ferrari logo, the Toro Rosso, I think. Um, mm, yes. flag. I think they even have their own name, like to to Tavosi or like they're the the fans of Ferrari. Like it's almost a like a rabid dog. They're so supportive anyways. So that's in full force. And of course, uh, Charles Leclerc is the, the big favorite or Carlos Sainz, the other guy that drives for Ferrari. But today in the uh, sprint race, just by a hair, uh, Red Bull Max Verstappen managed to squeak ahead in like the last lap. So, but it's one of those races where there's people are finding, Hey, you can follow closer this year with these cars. And Hey, you know, a lot of people, maybe have a chance that you didn't think last year would have a chance. So I know in terms of predictions, I would say Leclerc gets a win, but I bet you it's going to be a furious one. And and probably we're going to start to feel the, pardon me, that like that animosity and the, the title chase, it's going to start early because uh, Red Bull's fallen behind early on here with a lot of uh, engine troubles. And, and so oh, it's been interesting there too. Actually, I could, Give you a quick aside if you wanted. Absolutely. Okay. So last year, Red Bull wins the world championship. And with, you know, they had, they had focused all their attention, all their effort into that car for last year um, and maybe sacrificing a bit on this year's car. Uh, so they used to have a Honda engine. Honda was supplying the engine for Red Bull. And after a little bit of concern, it became obvious that Honda's engine was just tip top and, and really the, the best engine out of the whole, you know, better than Mercedes, better than Ferrari last year. So then I think for whatever reason, Red Bull decides they're going to have their own engine manufacturing company, like Red Bull OEM, I think it was called. So the first two races of the season, all the Red Bull cars and the Red Bull engines that are supplied to another team, they were all shit in the bed. Like they were, couldn't finish the race. They were catching on fire. They were like these weird stalls. So it's been, it's been a little interesting after winning it all and looking like the, the toast of the world. Then the first two weekends, Red Bull has really taken a, a shit. So now it's kind of like catch up time. And everybody that knows the, the lead driver, Max Verstappen, he's a little bit like he's a prima donna in that you know, if something doesn't go perfectly, he's going to little, he's going to let everybody know about it. And so going from, you know, the darling of the sport to kind of like, it's quick, quickly becoming, oh, you know, he's a little prima donna. He's a little, let's, let's see who else is going to win this year. So there's a little interesting, keep an eye out for 
people getting tired of Max quickly. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, also, I, I looked up the uh, the Italian word for the, the fans. It was Tifosi. Tifosi, that's the one, yep. Yeah, so, and they're, I mean, every race everywhere around the world, they're probably sort of the most uh, fervent and, and, and rabid and, and uh, supportive supporters, but for sure, uh, any race in Italy, it's like times 10. <laughs> I bet. I definitely bet. What are your predictions overall for this season? Who do you think is going to take the the big the grand uh the big trophies at the end of this uh season of F1. Well, it's cut the part of the other interesting thing is that these engineers, these designers, they learn so goddamn fast. So whatever Ferrari is doing so well to get an advantage now by about race 10, you know, 6 7 10 weeks from now, it's going to be all those teams have caught up and sort of stolen little bits of their ideas that of the teams that are working. So while Red Bull and Mercedes look like garbage right now, I think they're going to quickly close the gap on Ferrari. And uh, unfortunately for, I think it's McLaren, the orange guys, they're, they're kind of hit and miss this season. Um, I think for the biggest, biggest thing is Ferrari probably will, will contend for the championship and, and probably Leclerc for the driver's championship this year. Mm, okay. That's not a bad prediction. We'll definitely see how that turns out. When, oh boy. When, what, uh, how long does the F1 season last for? So the season, well, when was it there? About May, April, May ish, I think, or no, I'm making that mistake. Maybe it was closer to like November, December. And then I think they take the kind of the, the winter off. Mm, makes sense. Yeah, if I'm remembering correct, I think it's about uh, sort of October, November, December. So we've still got lots of, and they they just keep adding races. I think it's 23 races this season, which is, they, I mean, they used to have 19 and 20 and say that was a lot. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what about courses? Do we have any new courses that have been built since we last uh, spoke? Any- well, the big big news uh they announced well they knew they were going to race in miami at the hard rock casino and that was going to be i think this year they've also announced that next season they're going to race in vegas and like part of the main straight is going to be the vegas strip yo okay that's cool that is going to be absolutely that'll be oh my god okay that's fun so that's actually kind of cool. I think that's, June, cool. that's, I think that's really June cool. next year. But that's like every every racer is like, uh oh, me and Las Vegas, like with my salary and like what we can, with the trouble we can get into, like yeah, I can. Bet, those bet. guys can have some fun in Vegas. Uh, what, do we know what like have they like made like early projections of what the turnout for both the Miami and the Vegas one might look like? Good question. I know because it's kind of weird. I know in uh, the last American race, uh, Circuit of the Americas, I think, which is in Texas, they had around like 150,000 for the race. Um, And that might be for race weekend or it might be for the race. Let me just check for Vegas. Um, Might not show me. Anyways, yeah, it wouldn't show me, but uh, I mean, you're you're talking 180,000 people at one point, and then there's four days of you know qualifying, racing, practice, um, you know, events. So, oh, all of that event, and then with the Vegas flair, like we've seen Vegas turn, we we've seen Vegas regular... turn the NH- 
Uh, yes. Vegas do so much to the NHL alone with the Golden Yes. Knights. And That's we're about to see them say. tackle the NFL with them now having the Raiders. Yeah. And say what you will about the Flash and all, you know, the uh, the Vegas and the the they do things right. Like the way they did those NFL or NHL games, like it got the hairs on the back of your neck standing up like ready to go to war and you're sitting on your couch watching the Vegas Golden Knights like it's you know it's they know what they're doing I mean especially like the Vegas Knights like first season alone getting to Stanley Cup finals yeah now a lot of things helped like the yes a lot of things helped there yes the crazy way they were able to get players and the unfortunate you know bounding together with that uh, crazy shooting and, and how it just it lined up with people kind of bound together using the Knights as their kind of um, whatever you would call it, their rock. The, you know, they really, they really took to them early because of that. And I mean, then they were also good and then Vegas loves a winner. So. Absolutely. Um, one last question on F1. Uh, when, cause season four is, has uh, recently dropped for the show. And I sadly watched it in like in like two days. And then I was like, you know, that that kind of like shame or like, you know, the what do you call it? The guilt is you're like, I should have I could have just spread that out. I could have waited a week. You know, like I just (laughs) I I hammered eight episodes into like two in the morning where I barely saw, you know, the screen by the end of the first night and then just watched the rest as I was eating and, and just didn't give it enough attention. But that's what happens with these this bingeable stuff as you binge it. Um, season five, obviously there's definitely going to be a season five with help. I think this is Netflix's most popular show at the moment until the new season, the new season of stranger things comes out, comes out. At least, at least that's what I'm thinking, at least with like how popular this show has become. Now it's interesting. You mentioned that because the, the, I think the F1, they kind of came to Netflix and said, Hey, you guys got to deliver more for us which is weird to say because when you think about it before F1 was doing fine, you know, in internationally, but what Netflix did for F1 here in North America is huge. And then to hear like, yeah, season four F1's kind of going to Netflix and being like, what else you got? Like it's time to change it up. And otherwise you don't have our interest. And it's like, check the bottom line fellas. I, and whoever's in charge, like you guys are doing quite okay because of this Netflix situation do you think that they you think this means that they might switch providers Ooh, interesting or maybe just maybe what they want is like instead of looking for you know certain drama and like maybe take a a step off of the reality and more towards the like hey look at the engineering team and what they do here the car comes in with a crash let's show you what it you know in four hours and in stop time like what they accomplish maybe more about that like the technical that would be cool I would, I would be down to watch that because that that's like really interesting i would 100 percent. but the, my only worry is that who's gonna show like everyone's gonna be so protective of their intellectual property mm, true. Like, no we don't want to you know we don't want the guts of our car out even though it's you would have yet. to do it for like you would have to show that for maybe like an older model almost yeah yeah so so that's the only thing i could think of that would be really cool, but difficult to accomplish. And yeah. maybe that's where they're saying, like, you need to find a new angle and maybe less drama. Cause I know they took out like Max Verstappen wasn't even a, a character. He like refused to participate for one season. Cause he was like, you guys keep twisting my words. 
And it's like, well, you make a lot of money so that, uh, you know, that you're a public figure. So part of it is giving interviews. And so that's life. Yep. Yeah, definitely. It definitely questions like how much, how much more do you think they can like milk out the F1 series as like, exactly. Yeah. How how, I'm thinking maybe, maybe seven seasons possibly. That's like maybe pushing it a bit. And you think they're probably good. They'll, they'll go one year too long. Like it'll, they're not going to stop when it's at the top. They're going to go until it's like, Oh, that was not a good one. So but still, got turned a fan, turned me into a fan. It, it definitely did, and, it de- and that's what brings us to talk about it here today, which is awesome. Like the first time we talked about it, like it had me so intrigued. Oh yeah, and I still haven't watched it because <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, it's because I've just been, been so busy with a bunch of other things. And it's early morning Sundays, so it's usually when you're like, okay, I just need a nap. Like I need to Ex- sleep exa- in, yeah. and then it's like, well, you could wake up at five and watch the Bahrain Bahrain Grand Prix, and it's like, ah. But once you're hooked, like now, I do it. I, I'm up at six a.m., five a.m. It's impressive. Uh, anything else you want to add about F1 before we move on to our second topic? Oh, I could probably go for days, but <laughs> you should you should cut me off when you get okay. the chance no we'll, right. we'll move on because i think i mean if i haven't got you excited about that in in my rambling incoherent uh ongoing st- uh rant then then you'll probably f1's not for you but for sure check it out it's it you'll you'll like it definitely all right then it's time for us to move on to our second topic of the day which is of course the, the not the national sport of Canada, but the bit the number one sport of Canada. It's the it's some hockey talk. Little hockey talk. Eh? Little hockey nothing talk. wrong with nothing wrong with a little hacky. Not nothing wrong with that. Um, and starting off, playoffs are right around the corner. Essentially, uh, well, not maybe not not right around the corner, but they're they're closing in on us fast. Oh yeah, Flames have already got. I think and four Flames, games left. yeah, the Calgary Flames have just cinched the number one in the Pacific. Pacific, yep. And oddly enough, Edmonton, after let's be fair, shitting the bed for about two, three months there, then they turned it around and they're right close in the in the hunt there. So yeah, what do we got for predictions for how playoffs might go? Well, here's the thing. I think right now, let me break it down because I know it changes every two minutes too but i think the way that it was looking is nashville is going to be calgary's opponent it now looks maybe more like it could be nashville could be la could be dallas and um it, recently i think it was last week calgary went in and, and just they were on a bit of a roll they thought they could just roll through nashville on a you know a wednesday night and they got they got hit in the mouth and and uh got beat and i think it only did good for the team because they they were in it the whole game and you know they took a little bit of a the foot off the gas pedal i think collectively but quickly they found out oh we can't do that so i think this season's flames team is very well positioned for a really long run um it just depends who they get and you know we've we've seen before it just takes a hot goalie and you know one injury you know in the in the back stretch of this regular season or you know a crazy hit that a guy ends up missing time with that any series is is a crapshoot 
especially in that first round. So it'll be interesting to see, but boy, it's nice to see a couple Canadian teams in, in the mix. Yeah, the Flames are doing pretty good. And the Oilers also, they're also looking good. Uh, let's, they're, they're looking good. Definitely not. At, I mean, it's people are, are expecting that if both the Flames and Oilers get through the first round, it will be a battle for Alberta playoff series. Which, oh my God, would that be fun to watch? It would, I think it was it'll be great. three years ago, maybe, or just before the pandemic when there was like coming down to the end of the season, it was like, uh oh, we could have a battle of Alberta for round one. And like the just the fever of pitch that it, that it got to. And then I think we ended up facing off against Anaheim and getting pumped. Yeah. <laughs> or St. Louis and losing or something like that. But boy, it's, it's, if that happened, it would turn into like whatever the, the Toronto Raptors had and whatever the, you know, the Blue Jays get for their games where it's literally like an outdoor party. It'll just be a, a traveling party, either White Ave or the Red Mile or White Ave or the Red Mile. So here's hoping that would be fun series to watch. And again, anytime you can get good Canadian teams in the playoffs, everyone's always like, well, you don't want them to face each other. Why the hell not? This is where playoff hockey like all legit, about. like legit, like this is one of the this is one of the few times where like, yeah, you see, I am one of those people who say, I don't want to see my Canadians play off until like much later, obviously, because, you know, you want the Canadian teams to we want to win a cup. We, we need a Canadian team to win a cup. It's been far too long. 30 years or so or 30. Yeah, or, it's been a pretty yeah. big drought for Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup. So I would like to see it happen. Now, crazy enough, I mean, you can you can say what you want about the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs and what they've done in first round series and collapsing and all all of that stuff. But boy, they've got a solid team. They've got and a the, solid team. They have Geo. They got Geo. Yeah, and they got Austin I, Matthews. He he, I think, is the straw that stirs the drink because he's one of those players that everybody's going to key in on. Like he's they focus on him. And he's not a guy that likes to go away. He's a type of guy that he knows what he is and he'll compete versus, you know, maybe a player that when the going gets tough or he's only good on the power play so that if you don't get a power play, you don't see him. With Matthews, he's really developed, pardon me, into a more of a 200-foot player. And when you have top, top, top end skill uh, and a, a, a responsibility or an accountability sort of mindset then you're you know you're not i was going to say you're lesser players but your less skilled players will recognize that and go the extra mile physically because they know that their heart and soul guys or their skill guys also are you know laying it on the line so look look out for toronto this year and every playoffs is new people always go but the leafs are this but the leafs collapse every playoffs is new they've just had a crazy string of luck and every outlet in the country is based in Toronto. So they magnify it. So don't, don't sleep on those uh, Maple Leafs in the East. Yes. Speaking of the East, how are things in the East looking for standings and who's. So it looks like Toronto would face off against ooh, Tampa Bay. Maybe. Ooh. And Tampa's the reigning champion, aren't they? Yeah. They've kind of sneakily kind of cheated their way into, Oh, we're going to have a player who's long-term injured. And then he's just going to magically show up in playoffs. And that would have put us over the salary cap by 14 million, but because it's a sneaky backdoor, whatever small print move, we can have like a overstacked team. So 
a lot of people in the NHL the last two years have been like, those aren't Stanley Cups because you guys cheated. But that's interesting. I just looked at it and three, or wait, would it be three, six? Oh, they might play uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, ooh, that's it, still I that's think, still a tough team, though. That's still very, very challenging. The East, got, the yeah. East is going to be like, uh, like it's definitely going to be like some good series to watch when oh, for sure. they kick off. Yeah. No, it's uh, again, that's like once the playoffs start, when you get hockey every night, it, the momentum builds. And boy, that'll be it. Now I got to look here. Looking at the other two Eastern Canadian teams, the uh, the Senators and the Canadians, how are they looking compared to the rest of them? Do are do either of those two stand a chance of getting in the playoffs? Or no, Mon- Montreal had a rough year. They had injuries, crazy, and then Price had kind of a. I think he was injured at first, and then he was maybe trying to return too early, and I think he had gone in either. He may have gone to like a rehab or mental health. Sort of. He he had to take a mental health break. And I think it was related to pushing his body too hard. And and like, I I think he was like, I I recognize that if I go down this path, I'm going to wind up on painkillers. So he's like, rather than beat the shit out of my body and my brain trying to get back to good, like I'm going to take a couple months to let my body and my brain heal. So, so they had a tough year this year and, and, injuries galore on top of that so they're bottom of the pack ottawa they were better but they had a kind of an unusual season two with injuries i if i'm not mistaken like i think in a in a span of a week they had like five or six players go down like to significant injuries so it's like one game one night you lose two players and then the next game you lose a player and then the next game you lose two and it's like it's hard to keep up at that level when you're losing you know start of the lineup or, or every night lineup guys. Yeah. So they had a tough go. Uh, quickly just shifting gears to the other two Canadian teams that we haven't talked about yet. The blue bombers and the Canucks. How did they look? Cause neither those two teams also are not playoff contenders this year. Correct. Blue bombers. Do you mean, uh, or Winnipeg blue, jets with jets? My God, <laughs> we're, no, got, no, we're getting close to CFL season. That I'm mixing oh, no. up the two. Trust me. I, I was excited for that too. I knew what you meant though. Yeah. Um, Winnipeg, they, they were goofy this season. They started off. It seemed gangbusters and then they just went into the turf. And I think their coach kind of realized he had lost sort of the, the trust of the room or like the motivation of the players. So, he kind of, I think, re- resigned or like it was a weird, like I'm firing myself kind of move <laughs> kind of kind of around Christmas. But you, you had to respect it. It was like, look, in, instead of driving this team into the piss, like and getting people mad at me, like I it's not working. Let's move forward. Let's move forward and start next... rebuilding a bit earlier. Yeah. So so I don't know what the coach is doing now, but they they had that to deal with. And so they're a little bit they're I don't think they have a chance. No. It's an outside chance, but no. And then for the Canucks, they're they're they had a terrible start, a terrible middle, and then it seems like they're woke up, you know, when the sun came out this spring, and they were like, "Oh, we kind of still want to play hockey. Let's let's win a few games here." So they've been on a decent decent tear a little bit. I think they like six two and six wins, two losses, and then two of them overtime. So they're they're getting points, but I think they're just on the outside. They got to get four points to catch the eighth spot in four games left. So it's, it'll be tough. Mm. 
Definitely, definitely. What are the other, aside from the East and Pacific, what are the other NHL divisions? So you got the uh, West, oh, sorry, divisions. So you got the Metropolitan, that's like all this, like Washington, Pittsburgh, New York Island, like that tiny little small spot. The Atlantic would be all the Montreal to Florida to Toronto, like it's a big conference or a big division. Uh, then you move to the West, you got like the central. So like Chicago, Colorado, everything down the middle of the country. And then Pacific would be Calgary and then California. Okay. So so for the central and Metro, how are those looking for playoff teams? Just so we've covered every, just so we've hit all four. Yep. Colorado's running away with it. Minnesota's surprisingly good this year. St. Louis is, is still, you know, they're still the team that won, I think went to the cup final like two years in a row and had like two really good teams won it one year. So St. Louis is still riding a good team. Um, and then I think Nashville's hanging on to that, that final spot. And then for what was the other division that you were asking? Metro. Metro is uh Carolina, which is cool. I'm, there's one guy on that team, Jordan Martinuk that used to play for the Vancouver giants back way back when I used to work, work for them when I used to work for them and, and he's a fun guy to watch. Like he's, he reminded me a lot of me, but way more skilled. Like, but in in terms of, you know, I'd get, I, when I worked for the team, I'd get a chance to go down under the, you know, under the stands after the game or before the game or like at practice days and you get a better sense of what people are like. And he was just a lot of fun, like high energy, uh, but always positive and like, and then the way you'd see him play, it was just, I really was glad to see him do well. And boy, he's done well on Carolina. I think he's an assistant captain there and they've got, yeah, their tops in the East. And then it's Rangers, Pittsburgh, Washington, which is standard. Yeah, definitely is. They're the, usually the favorites. So it's looking good. So three Canadian teams for a good contention, at least for the cup, which well, isn't awful. I mean, Toronto and Calgary are both like, if people know what they're talking about, they should be having them in the conversation as the top two or three teams favorite wise. And then, you know, Edmonton, you never know what could happen. They maybe have a little bit less, people have a little less confidence in them, but for sure, Toronto and Calgary are our powerhouse and, you know, in the conversation for making it to the, the conference finals for sure. I think I I feel like the dream Stanley Cup playoff season this year would be seeing a battle of Alberta, yeah, and then a final between I, I, I because I'm biased obviously because I live there a Calgary Toronto playoff final, yeah I'd enjoy imagine that. Be- <laughs> imagine it would be good good times it would be great I feel like it would be a great time for Canadian hockey. If that was the outcome. Now, the odds of that happening are so astronomically high. Yeah. It's like when people make, uh, what is it, for Frozen 14 or March 16, Sweet 16 live or whatever that bracket. There's no there's no way no one's, like, it's so hard to predict any of these. Who would you say right now in the NHL are, like, the players to keep an eye on? Obviously, McDavid in Edmonton. He's kind of the, the premier player in terms of flash and like the highest speed and the, the the most dangerous in terms of offense but then you've got that austin matthews who if he's not as fast as mcdavid he's equally as talented in terms of his brain and his ability to slow things down when that's necessary 
Because I think if I if there's a knock on McDavid, he try like he's always trying to be the fastest and like stick handle at six thousand RPM when two RPM would do. Like it's that's if there's a knock on it, he's trying to do everything at warp speed when sometimes you can slow things down and, and catch guys. So those two you can never, you know, say enough about Johnny Gaudreau's season, especially especially he got hundred points this year. year. Yeah, and it's a contract year, and that's usually when your skilled players have their best seasons. Interestingly, it's just sort of it's always. I mean, it makes sense, but it's also like a funny thing to keep an eye on. That oh, it's a contract year. You have a, a great year, and you you know you're in the gym and you're eating right. And then if you maybe you sign the contract, you're oh, I'm I'm comfortable now. You know, I've got the next eight years of my life financially planned out. I'm I'm gonna have that donut. I'm gonna have that red wine on the plane, or you know that kind of thing. So he's he knows what's on the line, and at the same time, I think he's finally realized what a powerhouse in the league he can be. So for sure, Johnny, and then Matthew Kachuk in, in Calgary as well. Yes. But I'm, I'm biased. Yeah. And Kachuk is also easing up on a hundred points, if I'm correct. He, I think might've just hit it, which he passed his dad, Keith Kachuk, who played for, uh, I think Boston, I think the Coyotes or yeah, I think Phoenix Coyotes for a bit. Uh, Winnipeg Jets, I think for a bit, very, you know, respected player and in, in his time. And so his son has beat him and I'm sure it'll just be a matter of time before the other Kachuk Brady in Ottawa is able to pass his dad's point total. But I think his dad had 98, uh, Kachuk, or, or Matthew got 99, uh, that game in Nashville that they lost. And so yeah. I think he's, he's now the highest scoring Kachuk in the family. Well, wow, well, that's uh, that's that's, oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Oh, baby, yeah. <laughs> oh, baby. Um, switching gears over to the WHL. How has that been looking? If you've been paying much attention to it this season, I have, and and more more when I moved to uh, Saskatchewan than when I was up in northern BC. When I was in in BC, I was actually following a, a local team, a junior B team that was. It actually had one of the top well it was easily the top in western canada uh, record the entire season they ended up winning a provincial championship which i mean you could say oh you know it's just junior b or it's you know it's smaller communities and and less players less teams but man they they crushed it i think they won 50 out of 59 games wow and uh, so they had a sick season so i was for a long time i was sporting them and, and my fort st john huskies that was the team and so i was i was following them until i moved to saskatchewan and now just following along you've got this young kid in uh regina the connor bedard is it connor bedard oh yeah Bedard. Yeah. yeah i know the name so he's he's mr stud and and a 16 year old who scored 50 goals which is an accomplishment and um He's 16 and and everybody's talking about him, which is great because he's talented. And I think what people, if they're going to give him a knock, it's that he's he doesn't play defense as much. But when you're 16, just playing in the Western Hockey League is in a con. Yeah, like, is, that's is a lot. That's so. like that's the youngest you can get into the WHL, right? So he played last year and he was good, like very good. I forget his, it was the bubble season, I think. So it was kind of goofy, but he was good last season and he joined as this 15 year old. So that was the exemplary or what do they call it? Um, uh, exception, 
exceptional status, um, right? Basically, which which Connor McDavid got in in Quebec, and I think Sidney Crosby got way back when. Um, so he was the first one to get it in the dub and was good in, in his 15 season and essentially in his first real season, he scored 50 goals. Like he was very good. He's as a 16 year old, considering everything like he to get through it without getting a serious injury or, you know, getting beat up and, and worn down. He, he looks to be a very solid player for sure. You know, as you, as you give a, a 16 year old boy another year to slowly start to become a man, it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, continues to, to thrive or, or, you know, if he levels off. So, so that's interesting. Uh, Do you think the, he has the, NHL potential? For sure. Because the game is so much dependent on if you can think offense, then they'll find a way for you. Like you can find a way if you're not the be- fastest skater, or if you're not the best on defense, if you can think offense and execute, that's, that's worth way more than, you know, 10 guys that are never out of position or that never get beat one-on-one. So that's definitely, I mean, he's, he's got that potential. I think probably whoever gets him will, will probably, yeah, as an 18 year old, excuse me, he'll probably play as an 18. Yeah. In the NHL, whoever, whoever drafts him. Anything else you want to add on hockey? I mean, it's just nice. It's nice to see crowds in the stands. It's nice to see teams traveling now. Because in the Western Hockey League, all the teams in Saskatchewan basically just got to play Saskatchewan teams. And all the teams in the Western side, like, so Kamloops and Kelowna probably played 10 times this season. Yeah. And there was no interconference. So there was no, you know, jump on the bus for a 16 hour trip from, you know, Brandon, Manitoba, all the way to, you know, Seattle, uh, Washington, or they, they didn't have any of that. So unfortunate there, but now that playoffs are starting, everybody's on the bus. I think, um, who is it? I think it's the furthest team. Red Deer has to go to Prince George, which is like an 11, our trip i could be wrong but like there are some crazy bus trips ahead and it's a fun time of year for these kids and so for junior hockey boy like i know covid's definitely it's not over we're not past it by any stretch but it's nice to have that back because it killed me to watch you know the seasons get cut short right at the you know the fun time and and tournaments getting canceled and, and events getting ca- and opportunities that kids dream of for their whole lives getting taken away. So to see that the, the, the playoffs going ahead is scheduled and, and full stands and as, as safely as we can, boy, it's fun to be back into that environment. It definitely is. It definitely is. Um, and I think with that, we are going to head on in, to start wrapping up this podcast with the bonus level. Wacky lists, weekly reports, and a look back at video game history. Here's this week's bonus level. And to start it off, we are diving into the community corner, where if we are pre-recording the episode like we are today, you can submit your questions over on the official Tony's Game Lounge Discord. You can get, You can find that um by heading over to our twitch channel which i will give out at the end of the episode and uh looking at it we got some questions today for the community corner and starting off uh this first question from actual trash phd he has a doctorate in trash 
what is the best sports game and why is it NBA Jam on SNES? <laughs> That's actually not far off. Those like people always think that it's going to be a newer, like a new fancy, like a game from PlayStation four or five or Xbox one or whatever. Honestly, going back, I think it's NHL 1993 or four when they had like the blue ice and just the, the crappy music and like, it doesn't take much just to get uh, a good game. I mean, you know, there were four buttons. There was shoot pass, you know, cross check a guy in the face or try to start a fight. There wasn't, wasn't any of this skill stick or any of that stuff. So that's probably mine. Uh, and, and as good as NBA Jam was, I think I would have to say like NHL 93 on, uh, I think it was SNES. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's pretty good. I, myself, uh, Mario Strikers. Yeah. For the that's GameCube. A I, I'm a Mario sports man. That's how I yep. am. Yeah. Uh, another question from actual trash PhD. Who is the best team in NHL 95 and why is it the Quebec Nordiques? <sighs> Was 95 the last season of the Nordiques? I was I'm it. To think. I know because they, and that's such a sad story because the coolest logo, one of the cooler rinks, because um, I think they played out of Quebec City, which was like giant, giant arena. But anyways, um, what, what, what was the, na- the game question? Uh, who is the best team in NHL 95 and why is it the Quebec Nordiques? <laughs> I mean, I want to say it might be like an L.A. with Gretzky or something. I, I'm trying to picture going back and which which teams were stacked, but that's so funny to think back to some of those names. God, look at the I'm looking at their logo right now, the Nordiques logo. That is a logo and a half. Yeah, absolutely. and uh, yeah, their last it. season was '95. There you go. And before you they became, they, it was before they became the Avalanche. That's oh, right. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah. Looking at this logo now, it, it, I oh wow. Oh my god. Yeah, they just changed the logo a bit to become wow. That's so sick, eh? Now, they uh, funny stat about them. They kind of like announced they were going to change and have a new uniform, and it was kind of like a like a wolf, um, kind of like northern, like kind of like a purpley, dark purpley, dark blue. And it was like a wolf kind of howling out at the moon and uh, or maybe it was facing forward. But anyways, they announced that the team was leaving and everybody, you know, lame duck season kind of was like, screw these guys and let's not support them anymore. But they even would have had a cool next generation uniform, which is so sad because, you know, the, the, the original, the Nordiques Igloo is still one of the best logos uh, in hockey up there with the Whalers logo. Like those are the two iconic logos that are, are gone, but good call on the Nordiques. Cause I think they would have had Joe Sackick on that the, the Nordiques team. And uh, maybe Matt's Sundin, even if I'm, I could be wrong or like a Peter Forsberg or something like a couple of like before their massive prime studs. Yeah. Um, we got another question here. From Scoptimus7, uh, our boy Scott from uh, the Out of Focus podcast, which you can go listen to as well, as I'll happily promote them anytime. With live service games becoming even more prevalent in the gaming sphere, will we finally see the abandonment of yearly installments for franchises like FIFA, NBA, 2K22, etc., etc.? 
in favor of this model of live service where it's just one game and they you pay like a seasonal fee for like the roster updates essentially is that a thing already like could you just buy uh fifa and then have them update it and say hey um you know we've got a big new package we're gonna charge your card 20 bucks for this new pack and it's it's just a an update to fifa 22 now is sadly we don't have that for i think i don't even know if that is is if they have that for any games yet i know that there's been talks about it but there hasn't been anything like that yet to my knowledge at least but the service essentially what essentially what a lot of people have been talking about for sports games is to just release like essentially one definitive game and then essentially just do the yearly update or like of course like minor updates throughout the year obviously for like improvements or be a new mode here and there yada 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 bug, bug but like fixes. one may yeah exactly but one major update with like your big roster changes any major rule changes yada yada whatever the thing is for that sport where you can do that with that. fifa you can do that with nhl nba etc etc I think it should be the way they do them, but I don't think we're going to see that for a long while until somebody, until like EA or 2K do that themselves. I don't think we're going to see that. Because how often do you get, oh, FIFA 11, and then you go to play FIFA 12 and it's like, uh, it's the same game. Or like, okay, I see the yeah, two Yeah, exactly. And like, you're basically just paying 80 bucks for the same game with roster changes exactly. where you could do... For maybe 40 bucks, you could probably get a lot more people into the game, have that base charge of like however much it, the game is initially, and then have the yearly subscription so that way you're not bought for like a cheaper price uh, instead of having to buy the games over and over again. Because there are those hardcore fans who will stick with that. Oh, yeah. There is that audience. And, you know, and yeah, so. I think that's an interesting question. It's I mean, a, def- I it's a definitely enough. interesting one. And it definitely like goes into like, okay, well, how much do they charge for each season? And do you just automatically do it? Or do you like, you buy the base game, but then it's out of date if you don't want to buy any of like the future things to get your updated roster or whatnot, because they force it on you. Like it's very tricky. Like how exactly do you do it? Oh, if it's like you need to update to play this game, it's like I don't want to pay this new update fee. I just want to play the old game. Yeah, because like, essentially that's what they would be. Oh. Essentially that's what they would be doing because they need to make they they for EA and 2K. That's how they make money on the sports games is with the yearly release. That's not what this is about. This isn't about making money. This is about playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> if only. No, I mean, to yeah. us it is. We're just the ones playing video games, but we also got you also got to look at it from the big developer corporation side of it too. A guy wants to buy an Audi. He wants to park it in his spot that says executive director. He wants to move up the ladder. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. No, that's that is a cool concept though. And like again, 10, 15 years ago, was it even a consideration that it was even remotely possible? Probably so it's a cool, it, cool sign yeah, of things it, that have uh, developed or advanced. And uh, that is everything for the community corner this week. Moving on to top five, top five sports jerseys. Are you asking? If I'm, am I giving mine first? Or yeah, you give go first? for it. Go for it. Go All for right. It. 
Okay, let's see here. Now, some of these will be a little bit more like uh, not what's the word I'm looking for niche or something, but like you could a quick Google search will get you all the all the logos for sure. But I'd say in no specific order, the new Seattle Kraken jersey, the dark jersey with the kind of that navy blue. I like that. I like that logo. I like the team sort of colorway. Like I think they did a good job there for sure. That's got to be on the list. Um, the Calgary Hitmen did this really cool, like, uh, I think it was like, get the kids to submit their design. And I think a bunch of WHL teams had these kids design jerseys. And I think it, I'm pretty sure it was a young girl from Calgary that designed like the cityscape. So I guess the bottom or like from the hips to kind of the, the belly button and just above part of the Jersey all the way across the bottom is this cityscape of Calgary. And then I think they had a bunch of the community name. I could be mixing it up, but the community names would be up on the shoulder and the kind of superimposed writing. And man, that was a cool look. And just anytime you can like a a, a one off or a fun jersey, I love it. Um, and 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 case in point, the the Saskatoon Blades did this um, banana night. So they they've got a, a very iconic kind of. It looks like Pac Man. So they joke with the name that they're wearing their Pac Man logo, and it's all yellow. And they got some cool jersey iterations off of the base. But they decided to lean into this yellow logo, and they called themselves the Saskatoon Bananas. <laughs> so they're skating around and they have bananas like logos on the shoulder crest and like a banana on the shin pad sock design like it was hilarious and i mean it's junior hockey so you can have a little bit of fun and it's you know the blades and they're very well known for having fun jersey one-offs but the saskatoon bananas and like from start to finish that they went they leaned into it hard so that's my next one and then uh, sticking in the WHL, one more, the Raiders, uh, the Prince Albert Raiders here. So I've got a little bit of bias. Um, I used to play for the team and we used to wear this jersey. It was sort of like a Raider of the Lost Ark, like a guy, a Middle Eastern guy. And he had the the kind of the curved sword um, and the the long green. I think it was green because, you know, it was the Raiders green. And it, it got a lot of trouble. And so they had to get rid of that as their alternate jersey. They, they had had it since the 70s, and I'm, I'm still not quite sure what's offensive about it, but that's another topic. Anyways, so this season they came up with kind of a, a like a, a pirate-type jersey that they wanted to pay respect to the pirate logo and, and sort of step away from the, um, I don't know, again, the, 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 the deemed offensive logo. So they kind of did this almost like uh, the logo for Pirates of the Caribbean, where it's that skull kind of just outline. So they've got this black, black jersey with this really sharp gold, glittery gold uh, outline of the skull, and then like a pirate hat. It is mean looking. It is so cool. So that's definitely another one of them. And then finally, (laughs) as this is the top five sports jerseys, the 10-minute edition, (laughs) <laughs> the Dallas, the Dallas Stars dark neon jerseys, those black, black, black jerseys with just a little outline of the neon green. Sick. So sick. So those are my top five with a slow, uh, close, close second is like the, I think it's Dallas Stormtrooper where it's all, all white with just a little bit of black on the logo for the Dallas Stars. I could be wrong. It could be uh, Toronto 
that has the stormtrooper. But either one, it's sick. So there's there's my there's mine. <laughs> alrighty, alrighty. As for myself, um, we're gonna it's gonna go from least cursed to most cursed for me. Oh, okay. um, so we're starting off with the um, it's the the black jerseys that the flames had. Yep. That's that's my number five. Was that Blasty the the horse? I believe yeah, with the horse yeah, with Blasty. Yeah. I, I like the I like those ones a lot. The, I, it, the contrast w- w- was really good. I really like it. Um, my number four is the you remember the old purple Raptors jerseys for the Toronto yeah. Raptors with the dinosaur with the dinosaur the jersey. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's my number four. That's that was my number a fun four. one. It's a fun one. It's a really fun one. My number three, uh, Sacramento Kings. It was there when they had that split black and purple. Okay. Yep. Yep. I remember that. They've had a few good, good logos. My number two, it's been a, it's a throwback one. I was, I was doing some research and I found this. I'm like, you know what? It's, it's kind of bad, but it's also good at the same time. The Pittsburgh Steelers Bumblebee throwback jerseys. (laughs) Oh yeah, is that the one with like where the number uh, patch is like a brown, just looks like a brown poo slapped on there? Or am I, think I thinking the so. green? Bit? I think so. But definitely the bumblebee look is like yeah. okay, guys. This okay, is... this and this last one, it's iconic because it's not well. It's not really Jersey. It's a set of pants. It's specifically John Daly's pink pants. A hundred percent approval on that. <laughs> <laughs> anything john day i got i got all the time in the world for john daly that guy is because he seems like for all of his you know flaws and and maybe used to drink or still drinks or you know as a little f- smokes darts or whatever you want to say about him or doesn't take it seriously enough he just he has fun he's polite he appreciates where he is and who supports him and i mean there's there should be more people like john daly out there and you know consider what do you want about his skill as a golfer because he's so good <laughs> like he got he'll have a dart in his mouth a drink in his hand and one foot putt for a hundred dollars just some nice guy on the you know the 18th green i'll be like all right sure i'll if i sink this you owe me a hundred like boom and he's just nice easy going guy i love john daly have you ever seen the i think it's an e60 or 30 for 30 uh john daly hit it hard man i don't think i have so good watch it it's i'm pretty sure it's espn but you can find it on like youtube or something it's i mean if it's uh, it's espn it might be on disney plus it's even got john daly singing he's got like a a song (laughs) and it's a sick song okay okay then there's your homework listener there's some there's some homework for you after listening to this episode and tell me i'm not right about his pod like is just he he's salt of the earth. He's, you know, small town America. He did well, but he didn't forget where he came from. And sure he's had ups and downs and, you know, good and bad, but he's, you know, he's, he's a good human being. So he's easy to get on board. All right. Moving on to this week in gaming and sports history. We're going to start with the gaming history and then go back and do the sports history. Uh, So starting off with this week in gaming history on the April 25th, the year 2000, Reprise Records released the music album Silver and Gold by Neil Young. The album cover was shot with a Game Boy camera. That's uh, it's quite an interesting fact there. You can share at parties. 
April 26, 1999, Nintendo released Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo 64 in North America. That game was a hit. Yes, it was. April 27, 2008, Nintendo released Mario Kart Wii for the Nintendo Wii in North America. April 28, 1997, 3DO agrees to sell its hardware systems business to Samsung Electronics for $20 million. April 29, 2008, Take-Two Interactive released Grand Theft Auto 4 for the PS3 and Xbox 360 in the US and UK. First day sales in the UK were 609,000, which was a record, uh, and 3.6 million copies were sold in the first 24 hours. 310 million U.S. dollars were made. April 30th, 2005, in Seattle, Washington, Nintendo holds the final competitions of a month-long Pokemon Emerald contest with top players from the U.S. and Canada. The winner was Chris Darling. wonder what he's doing these days. I don't know. Probably playing Pokemon still. Possibly. <laughs> Who knows? And May 1st, 1999, Nintendo released Super Mario Bros. Deluxe for the Game Boy Color in North America. Now, jumping back to the start of the week, looking at this week in, this, uh, week in sports history, let's jump back to... Oh, God, looking at this. You see, I forgot to prep the actual sports history part, so I'm on the site right now uh, looking for the things. Uh, here we go. 1980, the A's manager, Billy Martin, restra- was restrained by umpires from attacking a fan. <laughs> That's good. That was back when they'd get away with it. Too. Like he'd, The guy would probably go back into the stands and slap him around and nobody would have Twitter viewed it or live streamed it. Probably would have got away with it. Probably. 1989, same day, Penguin Mario Lemieux ties NHL playoff record of four goals in the first period. I'm trying to think if that was the one of the ones. You know that iconic where he, he dekes out a Minnesota guy and ends up like scoring and sitting on the goalie? It might be part of that that iconic. It, he was so good. He was so goddamn good at scoring goals. Wow. That's dope. Uh, moving on to April 26th. Uh, oh, here we go. 1912. The first home run was hit at Fenway Park by Hugh Bradley of the Red Sox. That's so, they are probably like, what do we do? I don't know. Go find the ball, see? <laughs> well, can he just keep running? Well, I don't know. Go find the ball and we'll decide later. <laughs> That's my uh, old-timey American talking voice. Yeah. <laughs> high, high, high pants, old-timey American. Oh, here's one. 1941, same day. A tradition begins. The first organ at a baseball stadium, the Chicago Cubs. Sick. How did it take them that long? There's nothing like an organ at a sporting event. Uh, especially baseball. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like like a baseball game, like that like that's that, that instantly triggers the organ. Like, I know you can hear that in a couple hockey games, but like, I don't know what it is. It's just baseball. That's, it just triggers that memory. Oh, yeah, that daytime, summertime, a nice sunny day. And you know, exactly. It gets you, going. you can smell the hot dogs and the Cracker Jacks already. Uh, oh, here we go. One more, one more for uh, uh, this day. 
1989, Mike Tyson gets a speeding ticket for drag racing his Lamborghini in Albany, New York. Imagine being the poor bastard that pulled him over. Oh, sir, can you get out of the car and not eat me for breakfast? <laughs> hey, speaking of Mike Tyson, uh, he's got a new weed business. Okay, yeah, he's actually branching himself out, eh? Like, and, and yeah, I believe in the, the shape of shape of ears specifically. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, that's that's a fun fact for you there. Uh, looking at April twenty seventh. Oh, here we go. Nineteen thirty. White Sox's first baseman Bud Clancy didn't handle the ball at all in a nine inning game against the St. Louis Browns. See, today you'd be like, he just got paid $1 million to do nothing. But like back then, it's like you got paid 0.01 cents for that game. So who cares if you didn't have to make any plays? Uh, 1947, Babe Ruth Day is celebrated at Yankee Stadium and throughout the U.S. Great Bambino? No, the Big Bambino? Because it's the curse, curse of the Bambino, but I forget if it was the Big Bambino or the Great uh i got i've got one more for this day the seventh longest 1994 seventh longest nhl game at 125 minutes 43 seconds buffalo sabers beat the new jersey devils 1-0 on a goal by dave hannon that you know like as soon as you said 1-0 i was like i bet you it was new jersey they just (laughs) for some reason for about the last hundred for since they've been a team they've always been so defensively like lock it down people would say boring hockey and not very creative and not very pleasing to the eye but they would win and especially when they had martin broder for so many years and scott stevens patrolling the blue line killing people they would just win games one nothing and it was the most frustrating game to watch but they were so good uh uh moving on to the 28th 1956 the cincinnati reds outfielder frank robinson hit his first of 586 home runs. Oh, here we go. 1967, same day, Muhammad Ali refuses induction into the army and stripped of his boxing title. Didn't he go to jail at some point for that? Like the, the there were repercussions to that beyond just his sports. I think he had to go spend time in jail. I could Possibly. be wrong. I don't know for sure. Again, Canadian didn't yeah, watch exactly. much, didn't do much uh, for sports. Yeah, that's that, that's the uh, that's for the twenty eighth. Looking at the 29th, 1986 NFL draft Auburn running back Bo Jackson, first pick by Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sick. Now there's an athlete. Guy was so strong he literally like ran out of his hip socket. Like his body, his body was so strong when he was running with the football. Someone like locked up his leg, and he was like, "You're not slowing me down," and his his momentum ripped his leg, his hip or his hip. Was that femur femur out of the socket? And that was what all ended up ruining his career. Cause he was, he was literally too strong for physics. Wow. Uh, in 2018, same day, Spanish tennis, great Rafael Nadal equals his open era record for most wins at the same event, which was 11 in Monte Carlo with his 11th Barcelona ATP title. I thought you were going to say he used 11 sweat towels and 11, all 11 of them were drenched. There is no one who sweats more than that guy. Oh my God. True. 
<laughs> Good player, though. Puts some spin on that ball, but sweats like a whore in church. Uh, looking at April 30th, here's a deep cut. 1859. Paul Morphy returns from a 10-month chess tour of Europe and retires. Chess is a sport. Now that's a sport. Like, a big I, mental sport. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say it's a little too cerebral for me, but I can definitely appreciate it. Here's another one. A really big, really far out there. 1722. Ah. A game of billiard. The game of billiards is mentioned in New England Courant, which I'm assuming was like an old publication at the time. Uh, and lastly, May 1st in the past. Uh, oh, here we go. 1920, legendary slugger Babe Ruth records his first home run for the New York Yankees in a 6-0 win over his former club, the Boston Red Sox. Oh, right. I bet everyone was just stirring in their seats, like not sure whether to cheer or not. They were like, we hated this guy for so long. Now he's here and he's six times the size. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's another one. 1976, the 102nd Kentucky Derby, Puerto Rican jockey, uh, Angel Cordeo Jr. wins ab aboard Bold Forbes, the second of three Derby successes. And lastly, oh, here we go. 1988, after scoring 50 points in game one, NBA Eastern Conference playoff series, Michael Jordan has 55 Chicago Bulls in a 106-101 win versus Cleveland Cavaliers in game two, the first to score 50-plus points in consecutive playoff games. Just dominant. Uh, and that's a look at gaming and sports history. Uh, the achievement of the week this week is an Anu card, which is, oh, ho, ho, let there be light, which is to complete chapter nine, Faith. And the game of the week is, of course, Nintendo Switch Sports. John, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hey, man, it's always fun to sh talk shit and, and, uh, and get the news, too. I kind of, I'm not, not in all the time on the game news so every time when i'm on here i'm like okay sick just to give it gives me a good little overview and i'm always leaving this going okay i know what i want to like i'm gonna go watch this view on uh youtube or this teaser on youtube so you do a good job man thanks for having me of course of course and where we find you on the internet uh, let's see. If you're a Twitter person, I've got JFYYC2019. So that's when I made it and I'm from Calgary. Um, then uh, Instagram, I'm probably less. Yeah, I probably use Instagram less, but uh, flats, magats, two T's. Um, and then I think that's about it. All righty. And of course, you can find me over at Twitter at Radio Tony and on Instagram at Tony's Game Lounge, as well as TikTok at Tony's Game Lounge, and of course the Twitch at twitch.tv slash Tony's Game Lounge. Now, before we go, <laughs> I gotta ask you, are you a butt shaker on TikTok here? Like, how do you mix how do you mix video games and butt shaking? Because that's no, if you, all uh, I've if, ever you if you head over to the TikTok, you can actually see highlights of weeks past uh, of the podcast uh, to see essentially like best of clips of each episode. 
Uh, so be sure to give those some likes. And of course, we stream over on the Twitch channel semi-regularly. We're currently playing through... Uh, what are we playing through? Stranger of Paradise, uh, which is the new Final Fantasy game. Um, so definitely give those a check. And of course, by heading to our Twitch channel, that's where you can join our Discord as well. Uh, John, thank you once again for coming out today. Always a pleasure, buddy. You're a great host. Thank you so much. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Be sure to like and share the podcast wherever you're listening to this. And we will see you next week back here in the Game Lounge. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every Monday. Be sure to like and share the podcast and follow Tony on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch for more updates.